Today, I want to revisit the topic of creating more intimacy in your marriage. This is actually a replay of episode 108. We don't normally do replays, but Verlinda is in hospital with pneumonia today. I'm glad to say that she is recovering, but boy, does that pneumonia ever hit hard. So please keep her in your thoughts and prayers and enjoy the show from a couple years ago. In this episode, we're going to show you four ways that intimacy is built up in your marriage. So if this is a part of your marriage you really want to work on, and why wouldn't it be? Make sure you take the time to really hear this out. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 108. And we're going to be talking about how to create more intimacy in your marriage. Last week, we talked about codependency in marriage. And there was also a bonus download for that, which was an assessment where you could measure the level of codependency in your marriage. If you missed that, be sure to go back and grab it. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any future shows from Verlinda and I. Me. Verlinda and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it was me, not you. Yeah, but you would never say, so you don't miss any future shows from I. Oh, that's true. Unless your name was I. <laughs> okay, should we jump right. into this? Yeah, because we're very intimate at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's one way to build it is to argue about grammar. Second point. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the first way to build intimacy is through disclosure and responsiveness, which means sharing. And then the person that's being shared to needs to react to that. Okay. Preferably more than just a grunt. So mm-hmm. as usual. That's a good point. Thank you. As usual, we'll maybe return to that issue later. (laughs) Okay. As usual. Uh, I love starting off with nerdy definitions. Mm -hmm. And what's kind of so awesome about this particular nerdy definition is that intimacy itself is purely emotional. Like it's very woo woo. So when you put a nice sterile definition on it, it just seems kind of funny. So anyways. Okay. Intimacy is what happens for Linda through interactions of self-disclosure and partner responsiveness to disclosure. And this process is believed to develop feelings of closeness between the speaker and the listener. Okay. Nice, hey? Yeah. So just a plain English that? That it was plain English. Really? Well, one of those words had like four syllables. Well, you self-disclose, partner response. Yep. And that develops feeling of closeness between the speaker and listener. Perfect. All right. Now, another definition that you get sometimes is into me see. Into me see. Into me see. Okay. So when I let you see into me... And you get a vision of that, and then you respond appropriately to that. You know, when this comes back and forth, you get intimacy. That's what deepens love. So the first way that you can increase the level of intimacy in your marriage is through disclosure, sharing something, and responsiveness, or into me see. Okay? Letting you see into me. Yes. Now, let me talk to guys for a sec, because I'm going to take a long research study about intimacy, and a lot of psychobabble make it really simple here. When you let your wife see your emotions... That creates far more intimacy than when you let your wife just see facts and information mm-hmm. about you. It's mm-hmm. just head stuff, right? Yeah. So like if you're thinking about your past, it might be cute and fun and, and worthwhile for you to share about what you got for your sixth birthday. Yeah. Yet those are just facts, right? Mm-hmm. But when you tell her how you felt after you fell off your new bike on your sixth birthday and your dad got all mad at you for scratching it, that'll create greater intimacy than just telling her you got a bike. Right. That kind of lets her into the you part. Yes. 
Yes. Now, when you complain about the guys at work, that's fine. So you need to share. Mm-hmm. But when you tell her you're afraid of losing your job and that you're carrying this fear around like a dark cloud in your heart, that's really hard to share something like that. But mm-hmm. that will create intimacy far deeper than just the facts regarding your work situation. Right. Okay. So these are just examples of how I want to challenge you to really dive deep into the emotional part of this and to share or speak out of that. And ladies, uh, same deal. So I had a wife write us recently to say, I realized I haven't been emotionally connecting with my husband. And now from what I was reading there, their marriage is in a very hard place, but thankfully they're working on it. So intimacy Mm -hmm. is really built up when I let you see into my emotional world in particular, more than just my information world. And that is very vulnerable, but that's why your marriage is going to become the most intimate relationship of your life. It should be. It should be. Yeah. And this is how. Mm, How to get it there. Because you you share these very vulnerable emotions. Yeah. I think on the flip side, though, like when your spouse shares an intimate detail with you, you have to respond. Yes. Like you must, must, must acknowledge it. Yeah. Like more than a grunt. <laughs> we seem to keep coming back to the grunting issue. Okay, I'm a grunter. I confess. Uh-huh. Are you happy now? Okay, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, even if all you can think of is, wow, I never knew that, then say that. Yeah. Wow, so, I never knew that. Yeah, like, so what do I say? Just, wow, I never knew that. Or thanks for sharing that. You know, just say something. Just acknowledge. At the very least, acknowledge it. If you can connect with it, ask more questions about it, pull it out further. That's all great too, but I don't Mm -hmm. want to kind of overwhelm people that are just starting into this. Just acknowledge it to start with. Yeah, that's good. So, because it's not just, it's not enough just to share. There has to be responsiveness happening. Okay. Okay, the second way to build intimacy is through knowledge and understanding. And so there was a study from 98 by a research team, Haller and Wood, great study. Honestly, I could hardly get my head around the research variables, but I think I got it sorted eventually and it's really cool. And Having sorted out, I think it's something that a lot of couples have figured out, but it's worth just kind of putting it out there on the table to look at. Okay. And that is that couples who are better at predicting each other report greater feelings of marital intimacy, meaning that couples feel more intimate if they know each other well. So if if we pull up to McDonald's and I pretty much know what you're going to (laughs) order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the predictability part. Okay. Okay. That's not to say you have to order the same thing every single time. (laughs) No, but some people do. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Okay. Some people married to grunters do that. (laughs) And and this is actually something I love to talk to premarital clients about is to become a student of your fiance and then you get married of your spouse. So intimacy comes from knowing and understanding each other very well. You are so good at this. Thank you. And so what happens is when I accurately understand and know you, here's how this works. That leads to greater trust. Because wow. you trust the people that you, that know you best, that you know best. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. Assuming that the knowledge is positive. And then when you have that greater degree of trust, what happens? Well, you feel more safe to be expressive of your inner world of emotions and thoughts, our previous point. Mm. And in other words, you become more vulnerable. You're more willing to self-disclose. Then there's more knowledge and understanding. And there's actually more predictability because I know you even better now. Then there's more trust. And then what happens when there's more trust? There's more intimacy. Now we have a positive cycle going. It's brilliant. And yeah. this, this is why marriage should keep getting better and better as long as we're staying engaged and discovering each other. Huh. Yes. This kind of stuff gets me excited because it becomes a self-propelling. Yeah. You talk about some people, or I've heard some people talk about marriage, like 
you know, some people know what the other person's going to say next. They know what they're going to do. Like predictability is so boring. Mm-hmm. And yet this doesn't sound boring. No, it's a foundation for trust and more closeness, right? It's yeah. like you, you take all the things you know and you stop kind of thinking about them, which leaves you open to discovering new things. Oh, yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So intimacy can be built by increasing our knowledge and understanding of each other. And I think this is why even just doing something as simple as regular couple dates is important. Couple dates, like a date? A date as a couple, yeah. Okay. Okay. So so then the next question that we might ask is, how do you really kind of tease out this knowledge and understanding? So somebody's listening, they're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Want to do that. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. And this is the third way to build intimacy, which is through curiosity. Now, curiosity is a tool that you really need to get good at because you can take this to a way down this path of seeking further knowledge and understanding. Do you want to say that again? That was a really convoluted sentence. That again. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Curiosity is going to help you with the knowledge and understanding piece from our second point. Okay. (laughs) That was simple. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So again, study from 2014, other couple of researchers, they looked at the link between curiosity and intimacy. And can I read up? convoluted definition again. Sure. You're good at that. So curiosity in the context of social relationships like marriage, it can broaden one's attention to information about interaction partners and conversation topics, thus increasing one's desire to have more encounters with the person of interest. Mm-hmm. You could have just said your wife. <laughs> an, ac- an accumulation of interactions with the same person that continually induces flow-like absorption and a <laughs> desire to learn more about their perspectives and experiences can be expected to lead to enduring intimate relationships. Kind of reminds me of a recent Delbert thing where he's like, I had my longest date ever. It was 45 minutes because he's just so nerdy. He can't connect with people. So let me put this in plain English. If you allow yourself to get really interested in your spouse and what your spouse talks about, that will increase your desire to have more encounters with your spouse. Oh, okay. That makes sense? Yeah. And again, think about how this ties back to our earlier point of being responsive to the disclosure of emotion. So you share something with me. And if I let myself get really interested in that mm. and in, in what you're doing and talking about it. Yeah. Then you're going to, I'm going to share something more because you care. That's true. But their point is that it's going to increase my desire to have more of those types of conversations with you. Now, if I'm seeking you for those kinds of conversations, you're going to feel wanted. Ooh. Right? Yeah. And again, this is a positive cycle. So the more that you learn about your spouse's perspective and experiences and allow yourself to really get interested in those things, the more it leads to an enduring intimate relationship. Hmm. And so from the study, they found that curiosity predicted increased ratings of attraction and closeness in the people that they studied. Hmm. I mean, think about it. Even in a social context outside of uh, romantic relationships, okay? You're at work and all of a sudden you meet someone who's like really interested in what you do. Yeah. You want to tell that person everything. Right. Right? Yeah. So this is the phenomena that we want to bring into our marriages. Huh. And we do that by allowing ourselves to be very curious and get interested. And ask questions. There's always more there. Right. More to know. Right. And fourthly, intimacy is built through positive emotions and events. So this is quite... By sharing those. You mean? Like uh, going through them together? Yes. And sharing about them as well. Okay. Uh, So this is a couple of studies here. First of all, one looked at uh, 30 couples. They found that the happier couples had faster cycles of alternating and talking. So they went back and forth a lot faster than each other or with each other, I should say. And they had increased emotional intimacy. And I think this ties back to the idea of learning to enjoy each other and to enjoy time together 
you know, laughing a lot together. That mm -hmm. creates a sense of intimacy because I have more fun with you than I do with anybody else. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's a so positive cycle. Just, you know, completely hypothetical here. <laughs> but uh, it says alternating in... That would be woman speak. <laughs> it says alternating in talking. So this means that both spouses are talking, right? <laughs> yeah, hypothetically, yeah, it does, Rwanda. So not like one spouse talk, 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 and the other one going, huh, huh, Well, huh. <laughs> I think that there's... Uh, <laughs> are you referring to anybody we know about? Oh, no, no. no not even like ourselves, maybe. <laughs> well, I still hold on. Isn't it like women have like 30,000 words a day that they need to burn off and men have like 2,500 or something like that? I don't know what the exact number is, but it's... Uh, it's the cycle speed, not the uh, length. Do you of know each what? Men are just phase. socialized to think that. Ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling so proud of myself. This is so dorky. Okay, why don't we keep going? Yeah, especially since you're starting to make stuff up now. Or do you think that's actually true? I think that is totally true. Like, why can't a man talk? I mean, that's a very sweeping statement. But <laughs> <laughs> did you notice how I kind of froze right there and didn't know what to say? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I'm open to that. So just like you always say, right, men are socialized to not be emotional. Yes. Well, I think part of that's talking. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm and with you sharing. Now. And that's how you're, we just went through all these three points about developing intimacy. Yeah. And you do that by talking. Right. So in, in our marriage, like when I ask you how your day went, like yeah. you've got lots of content there. <laughs> yeah. And when you asked me how my day went, it was like good or it sucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, there is a practice here and a skill, that maybe a muscle that needs developed for learning to unpack that and to share the emotional side of it as well. Yeah. yeah. Or multitasking. Like you can't build intimacy while multitasking. That's hard, yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's where the grunting starts is because... The only, only you know, separate line, like we wash dishes together sometimes and have some nice times doing something else yes. while we're doing yes, something else. That's true. But if one of us is on the computer or oh, yeah. on our phone or something, it's lost. It's lost as yeah. much as we might be talking and grunting. Yeah. And I mean, it goes the opposite way at that point too, because yep. I'm not actually hearing what you're saying if I'm on my phone. Yeah. Fully agree. Fully agree. Okay. So the talking thing back and forth, just the responsive, I think that's the responsiveness thing again, right? Yeah. But just tying this to positive emotions and life events. So there was this really interesting study from 2015, just last year, done with 99 couples where the wife had early stage breast cancer. So it's looking at deepening intimacy in the middle of a very scary point in these couples' lives. Yeah. Okay. And the research talks a lot in this particular study about the idea of capitalization, which is where a couple savors positive life events by sharing it with each other. Okay. And in this case... All they were doing was sharing the best event of the day because, you know, they have a lot of interaction with the hospital right now. They're not, these aren't people on world tours or holidays. Right. Yeah. Like they're going to the hospital. So their sharing point was the best event of the day and they were savoring that with each other. And what they found is that on days when they did this, both spouses felt a higher sense of intimacy. Hmm. And, and get this, the benefit of savoring the positive event together was greater than the benefit of the positive event itself. Wow which is really, really cool. Yeah, just sharing it with each other. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Like, So I remember a time I went to England by myself on business, but I spent a day there touring with a friend, a guy that I'd known from when I was younger, and saw some really cool stuff, really enjoyed his company. But I had this feeling, you know what? I'd enjoy this even more if Verlinda was with me. Oh, that is so sweet. Thanks. 
I think you should take me to England. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. Sorry. Walked right into it. <clears throat> I would like to respond with a grunt. Uh, there. So what that is doing is that's intimacy compounding the effect of sharing positive emotions and events. So we need to be taking these moments where we're sharing these positive things together. And not necessarily experiencing them together, but sharing about savoring them it. and savoring. Oh, that's yes. good. Yes. Savoring it together. Yeah. So think about your day and try to capture what those moments might look like and how you might do this in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I think one of the ways that we do this is often like we lie in bed at night and we hold each other mm-hmm. before we're going to sleep and we can reflect on the day's events and we can savor some of those funny moments, which is why I think we end up laughing quite a bit before we go to sleep. Right. Yeah. And this is what this is doing is it's saving positive life events. Ooh. Right? And yeah. this deepens intimacy. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So there's four ways to build intimacy through disclosure and responsiveness. That's the into me see part. Through knowledge and understanding. That's really studying your spouse. Through curiosity, allowing yourself to really enter into their experience. And then through sharing these positive emotions and events. Good stuff. Now to go with this, we created a bonus worksheet. It's really a conversation guide to help you get into this and to get started specifically on that knowledge and understanding part. It'll work really well there. And so if you want to learn, kind of discover, get curious, have some fun with this, uh, we can email you this worksheet and you can get that emailed to you by opening your browser to oif.link slash 108 or by texting the word podcast to 92. 92 spouse. If you have to pay for text messages, you'll have to pay for those text messages. But once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse, or you can find the bonus on our website on the blog post for this episode at oyf.link slash 108. Make sure you pick up that worksheet. Use that as your homework for this week as you work on your marriage together. Sounds good. And we had another review. Five stars for Linda. Oh, read this one. Sure. Excellent podcast. You can learn so much. Five stars by Gosha Mayer Jewelry. Mayer. Mayer? I think so. Okay. We don't have to suffer in our relationships. We do suffer because we don't have right tools. And this podcast gives you so many of them. Super easy listening to. Lots of humor so it does not feel like a duty. I love it. Highly recommended. And just let me say, I love the amount of exclamation marks that are in here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's coming from a fellow exclamation mark addict. Yes. Thank you, Gosha. So if you want to get involved in helping us save marriages through our podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast. We cannot do that without your help. And for even $5 a month, you can help us move toward making that a reality. So please go to oif.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, that URL, uh, that website is oif.link slash give. And we've got some special ways of acknowledging your contribution listed out on that page as well. Next week, what are we talking about? How to make time for each other. A very common request. So if you Mm -hmm. want to grow the intimacy, you're going to have to spend time together. And we get that. We'd like to help you with it. So make sure you tune in next week to catch that episode as well. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 108. Again, we'd like to ask you to consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. And a huge thank you to all who have done so already. At this time... We have 65 reviews from around the world. And as a result, we're ranking fairly consistently in the top 100 for our category, which is awesome. But what we'd love to do is be a top 10 podcast because that Mm -hmm. puts our content above a lot of the unhealthy advice out there. So thanks, and we'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.